Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Today we're going to be talking about something pretty important to Tim and to the entire audience and I'm going to let Tim introduce our topic. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Before the podcast we were talking about, I'm currently visiting Colorado and it's just absolutely gorgeous and I thought about you a lot the past few days because I've been standing in ice cold streams that are coming down mm. from the mountains. It's just gorgeous. Now, my toes were numb within three seconds. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. The of numbness course. started very quickly, but man, was it nice to be in that water and it was crystal clear. I keep looking for fish. I haven't seen any. Um, although I did see a fly fisherman catch one or he told me he caught one. I trust him. <laughs> so exactly. I, fly he was fishermen never lie, here. right? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Fishermen, fishermen no. Never. Mm, tall tales. <laughs> so yeah. what are we talking about today? So, you know, we, I think we've talked in the past about uh, my clients generally have five primary concerns, you know, wealth preservation, mm -hmm. uh, wealth enhancement, uh, wealth protection, charitable giving, and then also eventually transferring the wealth. And, you know, I, one of the things I, I ask periodically is, well, how do I know that, right? So what we do is we, we ask clients when we meet with them, but also periodically I'll put together or do a series of interviews and um, put together a white paper. So I have a niche, a small niche set of, that I work with, a group of clients that are in the commercial contractors, you know, construction industry. They build hotels, you know, big high schools, uh, prisons, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and I... I just wanted to talk a little bit about an example of a white paper that I just recently uh, authored based on these interviews where I was really trying to identify, you know, in specifically with this niche, um, what their primary concerns were. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So what I did was, um, again, just uh, this niche that I work with, and, it, and it's really a matter of over time, I've just worked with a group of people who've re referred me to other like-kind business people, and they're generally entrepreneurial business families, uh, second, third generation, and they're, in the, they're either commercial contractors, commercial construction managers, or um, I also have um, a couple of like uh, electrical contractors, plumbing, heating, roofing, things like that. Okay, yeah. And what I did was I sat down for uh, literally 14 interviews, and they were about an hour apiece, and I interviewed, for example, a couple of my clients who are general contractors. Uh, one is a roofing contractor. Then I also interviewed a couple of CPAs, or one CPA and one attorney who, to get their perspective as advisors to these clients. And then I also interviewed what I would call an influencer. And that is, um, I, I selected an architect because although the architect isn't technically in the niche, they work with all these people, these businesses. And I think, um, you know, this one in particular Andy is his name. He had to give me a great perspective on um, his view of, of what the big challenges are for th this industry. And mm. then I also talked to um, a family where I really got some great insights. So they're not clients, but I've known them for, I guess, probably almost my whole life. And there's a husband and wife who created this business. They're in um, 
like uh, sprinkler protection. You know, they they install sprinkler systems in commercial buildings, condominiums, oh, okay. homes, yep. etc. And um, the interesting thing is they also have um, they have six kids. Three of the boys are in the business. One of the sons is not, and then the two daughters are not in the business. So it's a unique perspective. And I and I got to interview the the parents, the founders, and I also got to interview. Um, two of the, the the children who are in the business. So I, I got some great insights from them too. Hmm. And the, the purpose was really to try and identify for my group of clients who are in the construction industry, what are the, what I would call like the five, you know, big big things they're most concerned about or the big things they're most worried about. Got it. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, number one, the, the family dynamic that you're talking about, that's, that's something that we've spoken about before with family businesses and and I know there's all sorts of different things that, that they're going to be concerned about as far as passing on their wealth, passing on the business, you know, what's going to be fair for all six kids. I mean, that, that's a huge question. But I, I want to go back to the architect um, issue. And that's the fact that you said, you know, the influencer, I, I completely agree because it, it reminds me of something we've talked about with you, which is the fact that you help coordinate with all the different financial advisors that a client might have, whether that's a CPA, whether that's um, an estate planning attorney, a, uh, another attorney, you're kind of coordinating like an architect would. An architect has to make sure that everything that they're designing, the electricity is going to be able to be installed to each room. They're designing the HVAC system, all these different people that they're going to get involved with that to create the house. Um, I kind of see that as your role in, in what you do. So I think that's very interesting that you had them as one of the people that you interviewed. Yeah. And when people ask me what I do, um, that's I, I, I usually give a similar answer. What I'll typically say is, you know how a, you ever have a house built or you ever hire an architect, you know how they're worried all the time about you know, making sure that they're designing and then project managing and then getting this project completed on time and under budget. And to a great extent, that's what I do for clients. Um, I really make it so that outside of their business, that their plans are properly designed, properly, you know, project managed, completed on time. Um, and I really, in the end, I make work optional for them. I make it so that, you know, they can step away from the business if they want to. So mm -hmm. that, that's really what I do. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let me kind of get into kind of what I found, because I think um, I found it interesting mm -hmm. anyway, but, you know, I, I love talking with business owners and entrepreneurs and, and working for them. So the first one I, I found is, what a lot of industries are finding, what I'm personally finding in my business is finding the right talent is really, really hard. And part, part of it is uh, unique to that industry, the construction industry, in the sense that, you know, when you had, uh, you have a lot of aging tradespeople, you know, electricians or carpenters, mm -hmm. electricians, plumbers. Um, it's really an industry that the next generation isn't so much getting into as, as, as much as they used to. So you have a lot of experienced tradespeople who are aging and retiring, and it's just harder than to find the new ones or the next generation. Hmm. Um, part of it too is that if you go back to 2008 and nine, when we had you know what they call the Great Recession or the the market uh, major correction, I would call it, but a lot of the construction companies uh, really downsized. You had a lot of tradespeople who were let go. Um, and they just, a lot of them just left the industry. So that, that's what they're telling me. And then, and the other part of it too, is that they feel like to a great extent, the schools aren't really promoting these trades as occupations. You know, they're really promoting more 
everyone go to college. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they're just seeing a pool get smaller and smaller of talented people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. On the other part, I guess the, the second big thing I found is that, again, like all industries, like my industry, but uh, unique is that the, the changing technology is shifting how business is done. And this is something I didn't really occur to me until I started talking, especially with the architect. And it's not quite um, like watching The Matrix, the movie, you know, where it's all 3D and, you know, moving slowly. But if you can envision, you might have built your own house or, or construct, you know, built a project like that. Just to time to get, you know, the studs in the wall and then the electric- electricians in and then the plumbers in and then the drywall and, you know, the timing of all the contractors, it used to be that there was paper drawings and paper bids and the process took a while and now it's just completely electronic. Everyone just dials into the system and just adds their piece and you know creates the data and it's really very much electronic. So hmm. if you're in the business, you have to be continually investing in new technologies, which is a challenge because um, obviously it's expensive, but also it's just rapidly changing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I can't imagine now you know, the expense that they have to go through to upgrade, uh, you know, every time that somebody else is upgrading, right? If, if another part of the service is upgrading, I would think that they would have to kind of stay with that flow so they can all continue to work together. That uh, that would be tough. Yeah, I remember back in, the, God, it was the early 80s, I think, and I was talking to a referral who, what they did for a living was they basically printed blueprints, you know, and that whole, in, that whole industry is gone. You know, mm-hmm. they, they just... They've, you know, everyone has their own systems where they'll do their own printing, but they they don't even really use as many blueprints as they used to. Yeah. So it's just yeah. it's just rapidly changing. Yeah. Hmm. What are the, else are they facing, Tim? Um, the other part of it is is more from a uh, business perspective, and I've talked a lot about this in the past. Is most of the business owners in this industry, like a lot of industries, they focus every day on doing their job, working in the business. You know managing employees, managing risk, um, taking care of the clients, you know, who, making sure, again, their, their jobs are on time and under budget. But they don't really have a good feeling for how am I going to take this business, you know, this entity, the, this asset that I've created, and how does that translate into providing an income for, for the owner when they eventually want to leave and also some sort of succession plan for the next generation. And I was surprised at how many... Uh, people I talked to who said they literally would just walk away um, as opposed to trying to sell the business because they just perceive it as something that, you know, it works for them. They love doing it. But if they don't have a next gen or if they don't have a children who want to be in the business, if they don't have a key person who wants it, I was surprised. But a lot of them just don't, they're re- willing to walk away and not necessarily, you know, capture the value of that asset. Yeah. And it, if they're the ones doing the primary the bulk of the work, I, I would see that that would be very difficult to sell a business like that. Yeah, and part part of it is they're spending so much time and effort, you know, in the business, they don't really collaborate or share ideas. Obviously, you're not going to go down the street and share ideas with your competitors. Mm-hmm. But the biggest takeaway I took from it is that the ones who are successful in trying to trans or convert the business into their own retirement, their own personal wealth they take advantage of what they call CEO groups. Or um, in fact, there, there's one I talked to that there's a Loyola family business at Loyola University in Chicago. That's a group that um, actually a couple people, a couple business owners that I talked to are involved in or 
Another one's in they call YPO, Young Professionals. But they find that the, the collaboration and the sharing of ideas in those types of groups really help them clarify more. And so that's a takeaway that I'm going to try and use to introduce those kind of things, those kind of resources to my clients. So what are CEO groups? So a CEO group would be where maybe quarterly, um, monthly, but typically it's quarterly. You get together with other executives or other CEOs, business owners. They try to fit you with, it doesn't have to be the same industry because you find that a lot of times, you know, different industries have the same issues, you know, mm -hmm. succession planning, neck, you know, hiring and uh, retaining technology, et cetera. But they put you with like-minded business owners. And what happens is it, it, the big takeaway is you really get to share best practices, find out that, yeah, everyone's got the same issues. Everyone has had the same problems. And then, you know, sharing ideas and bouncing it off people, I think really helps. Yeah. So in the advisor industry, a lot of times that's called a study group. Um, right. I don't exactly. Know. Okay. So, so we're kind of talking about that. So how does that translate into helping the business owner understand the value of their, their business instead of just walking away, like you said, uh, the possibility of being able to sell? Because what happens is when you, when you're in a room with a dozen other business owners, some of them have gone through this process. Mm -hmm. Um, but also these groups bring in speakers, bring in, um, you know, consultants, presenters that talk about if you're in a group where they talk about technology being the issue, they might bring in a speaker at the next meeting gotcha. that addresses that. So it's really all about learning best practices. It's to some extent, instead of going to like the world of concrete, which is this big trade show out in Las Vegas, where you're just surrounded by thousands of people in your industry, you're, you're in a really small, intimate study group of people that you not only share ideas with at the meeting, but you also share, you know, between the meetings and they become really good friends and collaborators with you. That's great. That's great. The last area I think that I, I found as a kind of a key takeaway is that there's really a very low level. And I, I, I guess this more confirmed what I, what I understood. There's a very low level of uh, transparency and communication between generations, especially when, um, you know, they're, they're all working in the business. So, the comments that I got that I thought were my biggest takeaway were really from the next gen uh, people in the business, the kids, really just saying that, you know, there's just kind of a, the, somebody gave me the term role drift. In other words, they, hmm. it's hard for them to understand the career path and what their role is um, because they don't, you know, if, if I hire somebody in my practice, there's a job description. There's a very specific role that they have. But what happens, I think, is when you hire family in the business, they're, they're just, the communication isn't as direct, communication isn't as refined or defined. And I'm just, uh, what I found is that from the kids' perspective in the business, they would really like to have more, uh, more communication, more transparency about what's, what's gonna happen in the future, what their role is in the future, and how their career path will move along. Got it. Yeah. So I thought that was a really big takeaway. It's, it seems like if, if it's family, then there's some assumptions there that maybe they know more than they actually do. So that would contribute to the lack of communication. Um, whereas you're, if you're bringing on somebody from the outside, you're thinking already as a business owner, okay, I'm, I'm bringing them up from scratch basically on what my business is and how this is run. And so there's, there would be a lot more communication, a lot more time spent mentoring. Exactly. And I think there's just such an emotional uh, relationship between, you know, obviously the parents and the children 
that, uh, and, and I think a lot of times the, the founders, the parents, make assumptions about, you know, that they are communicating or that they're, you know, that, oh, the, the kids know there's a path or they know this, but um, I think what the kids are looking for, the next gen's looking for, is just more communication, more transparency about where their future is, especially once they have families and they have kids, you know, they have spouses and, you know, everyone wants to know what the long-term path is. All so right. I think that my takeaway is that's going to be a, uh, an area that I really add to my agendas when I meet with clients, the founders, and make sure that there is a communication process set up. Yeah, absolutely. So taking all this information, I mean, that's, that's a lot of people that you interviewed, a lot of data to crunch, if you will. Um, what is the overall, I guess, what's the answer? What's the answer for all these folks? Yeah, I, so yeah, it was about, I tracked it, I put about 40 hours into it, but it was so valuable because I really learned things that I just uh, didn't occur to me or I wasn't aware of, even though I'm talking to these clients all the time. And the takeaway is that, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs in the construction industry, but really in every industry, uh, they really need to step back and not just always work in the business, but work on the business. Um, I feel like I should be handing out the book E-Myth because that's mm. really what that book covers. But, um, and you need to take a really a more comprehensive approach. So, you know, a lot of people look at their investment portfolios, but you really need to talk about wealth protection, wealth management, wealth transfer, things like that. And you really need to sit down with your advisors and, you know, make sure that at least once a year, hopefully twice, you're sitting down with all your key advisors, your CPA, your attorney, your, tr your trust officer, insurance agent, property and casualty agent, your financial advisor, making sure that they're all working on the business with you and for you as advocates to try and help you, trans you know, transfer or transition that business value eventually to the next generation and or to provide income for your life security. Yeah. And um, the takeaway, I think, is... It's, there's too much information to cover in one podcast, but I did create a, a white paper that I can provide, and it's it's on our website if anyone's interested. All right, Tim, that is fantastic. Uh, is there any way we can get this link uh, put into the podcast summary so people can just go to the summary and click on the link and get there? Absolutely. We'll put the link on the podcast summary. We also have it um, accessible on our website at Hightower Great Lakes, or you can always email me at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com. Fantastic. And if there's somebody listening to this saying, you know what, I, I definitely want to start this conversation, um, besides emailing you, can they give you a call? Yeah, absolutely. My direct line is 219-246-5370. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Tim. I, I, this was more of a focused podcast, but as you said, this is really good for any entrepreneur that's out there listening. Um, even though we kind of specifically we're talking about the construction industry today, I think it was a well-themed uh, podcast, especially due to the white paper and all the information you gathered. So I appreciate the time that you put into that and the time that you put in for all of your clients. Oh, thank you very much. You I bet. appreciate the opportunity to communicate it. Oh, love it. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to the Wall Street Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. 
Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC.